This is Problematical, where we discuss your problematic faves and debate if they deserve cancellation or redeemed. I'm Brittany. And I'm Jazz. Welcome to Hell. Today's topic will be on reality star turned hip-hop superstar Cardi B. Our guest is writer and Shia LaBeouf's future ex-wife, Mimi Stringfield. Welcome to the show, Mimi. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so hyped. Yeah, I'm really excited, but um, we need to talk about this. Um, Shia LaBeouf's ex, future ex-wife, like Shia's my boo. Well, you can have him after we're divorced. That's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> Understand uh, that, like, I am not at all opposed to whatever he does after we've cleared the marriage thing. It's none of my business. <laughs> so, um. We're really excited to have you on the show. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what you love about Cardi B when you started finding Cardi B, started listening to her stuff or whatever? Just give us the whole rundown. Okay, so I, let's see, I found out about Cardi B. One thing about me is I'm fucking terrible with dates. So this could have happened in 1985 or it could have happened last Tuesday. Um <laughs> So I guess around like 2014 or 2015, when she was still just on Instagram, like mm-hmm. she was a stripper and she was just doing, you know, funny videos on Instagram or whatever. And anything that can make me laugh in like four seconds is for me because I have the attention span of a child. So like, I really liked her videos. Um, and then, you know, she came out with like the mixtape. She was doing uh, Gangsta Bitch Music Volume 1 and 2, and they were really good. And then she was on Love and Hip Hop, which I didn't watch. So there's a big gap in her history that I know nothing about. Like people are always like, oh, her, you know, her relationship on Love and Hip Hop, whatever. I'm like, that's none of my fucking business. I just like the music. So where was I? Oh, right. So, okay. (laughs) Off to a great start. Uh, So Instagram and then rapping and then obviously her becoming like a main pop girl or whatever. Um, And I guess I just really like that she's like always been really authentic. Um, And I feel like we've watched her over the course of the past few years really progress, like not only as an artist and as like a public figure or whatever, but as a person. Mm-hmm. So um, I just think that's really cool because I think right now with social media, we've reached this point where like authenticity is such a rarity. Mm-hmm. Um, and for her, she's really just been like the same person, you know, the entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what's really great about watching Cardi start from the bottom to where we are now is that we literally watched her um, start out as like this stripper who was just really funny on Instagram and Vine. And then she got onto reality TV and very, um, not very often do people go from reality TV and become an actual singer or actor, Mm -hmm. but able to create that for herself and became a huge star so that was very awesome to watch that whole progress for her jazz um do you love cardi b or are you just like a passing fan i'm a casual fan i don't know much about her but i do like what i've heard of her i mostly have seen her memes uh, or her use as a meme especially um coronavirus Coronavirus. Guess what, bitch? <laughs> Coronavirus! Coronavirus! 
Um, yeah, for myself, I didn't watch Love and Hip Hop, and I don't think I followed her on Vine either um, when she became really popular. Um, but I did take notice when Bodak Yellow became a huge sensation mm-hmm. all over the place, and it was hard for me to not take notice on Cardi B. And I instantly fell in love with her when her debut album came out. And I do think Invasion of Privacy is probably one of the best debut albums in the last decade. And Oh, I- for sure. It is so solid, like start to finish. It's like a really, really fucking good album. And I think now we have a lot of people who make like, you know, singles or they have like a cute song here or there, but you don't really get like a solid body of work from them. But right. she just came out the gate with like hits on hits on hits. Like it's crazy. Yeah, there's probably like maybe two songs that I would say like, eh, I could probably skip it. But overall, it's a solid album. Mm-hmm. And then her performances um, were just spectacular. Like I didn't expect her to be like this, um, just having like great sets, dancing while she's rapping and just like giving us like old school pop girl. I just didn't exactly. expect that party. And so it's been really fun to watch her perform and see her become, you know, famous. And even her political stance on stuff has been really interesting to listen to because I think she's way smarter than anyone gives her credit for. And I would love if she had a political show on MSNBC or I don't know, CNN. I think that would be really great and she'll be relatable and young people want to listen to what her Um, insights are in politics so i don't know we'll see what cardi delivers in the next few years but i would say cardi for president but like we can't joke like that anymore because (laughs) (laughs) like people take it seriously yeah we don't want to give her any ideas not that i don't no, I don't even want to get into yeah, that. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, I rock with her. I love Cardi. If she wants to interview, you know, political candidates for the rest of her life, be my guest. But I think we have worn out, like, the celebrity president jokes because none of these people know how to take a joke. And then mm-hmm. we end up with these, like, Kanye for president tweets. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, when did we stop laughing? Like, when yeah. did this become serious? Yeah. So, yeah, Cardi for political analysts. Exactly. Cardi for talking head on CNN. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But even though she is really great at giving political advice and her music's banging, but she is very controversial. And Mimi, you're going to have to tell everyone why she is problematic. Uh, Okay, let me pull out my notes. Um, (laughs) put on my my glasses I don't wear glasses (laughs) but proverbially let me put on my glasses and read my notes um so first and foremost a lot of the reasons that Cardi has been problematic this is like a disclaimer a lot of the reasons that Cardi has been problematic are not issues that have directly affected me Uh so just for the sake of not having to say this 50 times let me just say her it's not my place to accept an apology on anybody's behalf so anything that she's done and apologized for if people you know were hurt by it and don't rock with her for that reason that is completely their right does that make sense like if you were hurt by something cardi did and you don't forgive her you are completely in the right for sure yeah but for me I feel like she has shown a lot of growth 
in regards to the ways that she's been problematic, which is why I picked her to defend today because can't say that about a lot of people. So let's get into it. Um, <clears throat> so the first, the biggest elephant in the room for me um, is her use of like transphobic slurs in the past, mm-hmm. which is a little it, I mean, it's not a little dicey. It's very dicey. You know what I mean? It's obviously it's something that's unforgivable. Trans people, especially Black trans people, are arguably, like, the most vulnerable population, mm-hmm. you know, that we have. So for her to have been transphobic in the past is very, like, I can't rock with that. But I feel like in apologizing and having, like, shown growth over, I don't know when it was, but since it came to light and you know since she was made aware of it i feel like she's really tried to unlearn that kind of stuff and um tried to really be like a voice for you know trans people who are a fan of hers and tried to really make amends with the community as opposed to just being like oh i said that i'm sorry and then not doing anything about it Hmm. um and like i said that's the biggest I think problem that a lot of people have with her but again it's hard to articulate because it's like not my apology to accept but I do think that she's really tried to actively turn it around instead of just trying to sweep it under the rug sort of thing right and then almost hand in hand with that is you know people have dug up tweets of her like being nasty to black women like calling black women roaches which again because i'm not a dark-skinned black woman like i'm black it's great but i'm not a dark-skinned black woman so i can't accept the apology on their behalf but when i was doing my research and putting on my cardi b glasses (laughs) um i did find a lot of like tweets and videos of her calling out colorism in like as far back as when she was a stripper and, you know, in music and in the media and in the world that she's in now. So I think that also shows a lot of growth in terms of her coming from like a place of like a place of learned misogynoir. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my SAT word. Um, <laughs> a place of learned misogynoir to be like now actively calling out colorism, I think shows a lot of growth and a lot of like genuine remorse for those actions. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Brittany? Um, I definitely have seen, I think Cardi's biggest weakness is that she reacts quickly. That's mm-hmm. what I've noticed is that like she... She notices that she's getting attacked and she reacts quickly. She says things that are really problematic and she kind of forgets that she has a huge platform that we're going to mm-hmm. hold her accountable for what she says and does. And um, and she always like attacks back right after we, you know, call her out for it. And then mm-hmm. she takes a few moments and she's like, oh, I fucked up. I yeah. I'm really sorry. I didn't know that that was like a bad thing. I think I just, I was looking up some things that she has done and this just happened literally like a few days ago and she had called her sister the C word. Um, She was saying that her sister had um, C word eyes in the picture or like in the video. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. 
people were calling her out on that. And she was like, I didn't know. I didn't, I just thought, I didn't know that that was a slur. I just thought that was something that people just say about like, you know, describing mm. someone's eyes. And she was like, she, she apologized, but she really was just like, I didn't, I honestly didn't even know. And she deleted the post, but I think we have to realize that some celebrities just really don't know what's right or wrong when it comes to slurs or um, yeah how to I don't know what's the right terminologies but some people really just don't know like you said yeah Yeah, some people are just dumb and I don't think she's dumb (laughs) but I think she just doesn't know and then we call her out and she she actually advanced and she learns from it and so I appreciate that from Cardi Um, yeah Cardi seems very online, like you were saying. She reacts quickly, but she's yeah. a very online person, and that may be part of her downfall. Like I've seen some of her controversies, and for sure, she's like not done. Not that I'm doing like the the bad Olympics, but I mean, other people have done much worse, but they're just more quiet afterwards. They let like the car, you know, the dust settle or whatever, and then they mm-hmm. creep out. Where she's just always, like you said, always reacting, always you know saying something and just putting her foot constantly but at least she's like willing to be accountable yeah exactly and it's funny Brittany that you even brought that up specifically because despite also being extremely online I had no fucking clue that that happened um (laughs) but a few months ago like back when you know COVID was just becoming a thing she had done an Instagram live where she was talking about um people using COVID as like a scapegoat for like anti-Asian racism. And, you know, she talked a lot about actively not being xenophobic and that kind of stuff. So it's really interesting um, that she would even have a, I guess, a controversy or like an incident like that when it's so uh, in opposition with what she was saying with regards to like COVID. But Mm -hmm. I think that that also could be evidence that she did as just didn't know. Because it doesn't make sense to me that she would actively put out, you know, a video and stand on a platform of not being xenophobic and not being um, racist toward Asians and then later just throw out an Asian slur. You know what right. I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I sometimes I think about Azealia Banks and how Azealia Banks was also very reactive on Mm -hmm. social media and it was her downfall and for some reason it's not cardi's downfall i don't know what's the difference between the two Uh, azalea's azalea's really bad (laughs) she is azalea banks is like you just want to root for her so bad and she just she's her own downfall every single time like um (laughs) my friend Alexis just said to me shout out to Alexis she's not going to listen to this but that's fine shout out to her anyway Uh, (laughs) she just said to me like two nights ago she was like if Azalea had the right friend group she'd be fucking crushing it and it's true like if Azalea had people consistently had people around her who were equipped to deal with her because there is a certain way that you can deal with a person like Azalea where you just have to know how to talk to them you know what I mean like she's very like you said she's very reactive she's very on it she goes on the offensive constantly but if she were surrounded by people who knew how to deal with that and who could help her to better express herself and 
you know could really get her to listen to reason sometimes she'd be fucking killing it Mm. yeah i could see that um but like you said she's her own downfall every time yeah i mean does cardi have like i mean maybe she has great like management team that kind of be like hey maybe we should rethink how you say certain things i don't know what cardi's team is like but i do know her husband is offset and he has a past of being really homophobic and has mm-hmm. that so i don't know like what cardi's team is like but i will say they are good for like if she goes too far off the rails they'll snatch like you'll see her account will go black immediately mm. like if she does too much they're immediately like not log the fuck out <laughs> and then she she comes back with like an mla format statement like three hours later it's crazy interesting i think there was another controversial incident that happened that was like really weird that people dug this up and used this against her but remember when there was a story about how she confessed that she drugged men and robbed them and it was Mm -hmm. around the time the surviving r kelly came out and so Mm -hmm. then they started doing the hashtag surviving cardi b which none of them were actual victims so no it didn't make sense but they used that against her trying to basically take her down because they were bill cosby and r kelly supporters which is like you're on the wrong side of history Um, but but it was just interesting that they were really trying to use this as a way to take her down and i don't under i don't think they understood how like the power dynamics were completely different different Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to cardi and bill cosby exactly so first of all like stan twitter in particular will run like fucking forrest gump to unleash their like anti-blackness when it comes to cardi b Mm -hmm. anytime she slips up it's immediately like yo we got to get her the fuck out of here we got to get it trent like it's crazy and that's not to say that her mistakes aren't worthy of being held accountable because they absolutely are but i think the way that they react to her and the way that they treat her like both things can be true is what i'm saying Mm -hmm. she can be in the wrong and they can still be like weaponizing anti-blackness against her Mm -hmm. which is another thing because people like to say that she's not black when she definitely is she's black and i think people get confused because she is you know lighter complexion and Mm -hmm. she's Dominican, I think, or is she I think I want to say she's like Dominican and um, Trinidadian. I know that, yeah, she's yeah. my people. Um, <laughs> but uh, so people automatically think she's just only a Latina, and um, then they just disregard. And even though she's Dominican, she's Af- she's Afro Latina. So exactly, she's black. Yeah. So no matter what, she's still black. But people just automatically like, no, she's not black. She can't use the N word, but like. They'll allow Fat Joe to use the N-word. So exactly. They'll let J-Lo thing. use the N-word. I mean, she still hasn't apologized for that. So, And maybe it's time that she does. Let's go. I'm so- <laughs> nah, Let's, fucking, shake I'm so- <laughs> Let's shake the table. I'm starting a beef with J-Lo right here on the podcast. <laughs> um, J-Lo, Miss Jennifer, if you're listening, you shot a movie in my hometown when I was 11. And you were really fucking nasty to me. And I have not <laughs> let that go. Spill the tea. What what movie was this? So it was, do you remember Jersey Girl with Ben Affleck? Uh, yes, I do. They shot that in my hometown. Oh, they actually shot it in Jersey? Mm-hmm. They wow. shot it in my hometown. Um, so Paulsboro is like 15, I guess, minutes from Philly. There's, mm-hmm. 
uh, the Delaware River runs right alongside it, and you can look over the river and see the Philly Airport. Like, it's very close. Okay. Um, so they shot it all on location. So Ben was in town. George Carlin was there. Um, Liv Tyler was there, but I don't think that I got to meet her. Okay. I got interviewed on the news about how much I loved Ben Affleck, which is... <laughs> <laughs> I'm so triggered right now. That's not like Bird Affleck. It's not that I don't like him. It's just I think he's just he's a white priv- he's a white privilege failure. Here's the it. thing: he is he's Ben Affleck, and again, like love him. Did an interview about how much I loved him when I was however old I was. Don't need to unpack that. But he is the most ridiculous human being that I can think of. Mm-hmm. Like it's irresponsible that Ben Affleck is like a a person. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like it makes no sense. It, it's just the most bizarre thing. Um, but the whole point is, Jayla was super nasty. She wasn't there very long because she's not. She's only in the movie for like five minutes. Yeah, like she. Spoiler alert from this movie from two thousand four. <laughs> she dies in childbirth in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. So she was mostly just hanging around because Ben was there and they were together at the time, mm-hmm. and she just had like a shitty attitude. So holding on to that grudge, and she said the n word. So it's fuck J Lo all day over here. I, I don't care I that she made it. on the floor, but like. <laughs> And that we used to stand for um, Hustlers, which is a great movie. And I did do, you know, online campaign trying to get her Oscar nomination. But maybe the Academy were right. <laughs> the Academy <laughs> knew something we didn't. <laughs> they made some points. They were like, no, no, no. We know that she said the N-word in 2002. Don't give that bitch nothing. <laughs> we're not going to get caught up. We're not going to get caught up. <laughs> you ain't going to catch us slipping. So bringing up hustlers it kind of circles us back to the cardi b thing yeah so like you said first of all there's obviously a different power dynamic in what she did as a survival sex worker versus what a man like bill cosby or a man like r kelly does when they prey on vulnerable women Mm -hmm. and also um you know when it was dug up she came back and she made a statement and she was like first of all uh they were conscious, willing, and aware, which I think was an important important distinction for her to make. Um, obviously, we haven't heard from anybody, you know, who that happened to at that time. But there's a very distinct difference between a man trying to coerce Cardi into doing, like, full-service sex work mm-hmm. when she was a stripper and right. her being like, oh, bet, have a couple drinks and then I'm just going to run your pockets and go versus her like assaulting them there's a very clear difference there and i think people like to ignore that because ignoring that gives them leverage to be nasty to cardi right um and in the same statement what she said was i should have pulled up the whole thing because i think it's a really good read i think she made a lot of really good points in it what she said was It was her past and she felt a responsibility not to glorify it. So Mm. not to, you know, make it seem acceptable in her music, not to make it seem acceptable in her life. You know, she's got like a daughter to look out for. Um, And that's not to say that obviously sex work is real work. But for her, the distinction was not to glorify the criminal element of it, like the robbing and, you know, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff that happened to her. And I think 
that's another thing that people like to ignore because it gives them a reason to be shitty to Cardi. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. Well said. And we guess like male rappers for way worse. I mean, R. Kelly had an like an incredible career for decades and he mm-hmm. was preying on young girls and abusing them and still was able to do all this heinous activity behind the scenes and people knew about it and now we're finally you know putting this on the table and he's being held accountable and people like don't they they just don't want him to go to jail because they like you know I believe I can fly it just doesn't make what he did is just ridiculous and i exactly like there's no r kelly song first of all there's no song in existence that slaps hard enough for you to ignore somebody being like a predator especially one of that magnitude but there's definitely no you're not there's no way you can tell me that step in the name of love is so good you love step in the name of love so much that you're willing to forgive r kelly for being a heinous fucking human being. There's no way. No, not at all. I Especially mean, it's hard, for me. watch, it's hard to watch Space Jam now, but, you know, you get over it. You just like, it, it just has to be that way because he can't do those kind of acts. Exactly. And it's like, who, I want to know who this audience is that's actively listening to R. Kelly all day, every day that really feels this strongly. Like, I can confidently say there are two situations, maybe three, where I hear, like, an R. Kelly song. I might hear an R. Kelly song on, like, 90s, 2000s night at a bar. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, they might play a little ignition, a little uh, fiesta, fiesta kind of deal. Mm -hmm. Or I might hear, you know, an I Believe I Can Fly, a Step in the Name of Love, uh, or whatever, at, like, a wedding or a family function. Right. But in my daily life, I'm not on Spotify like, oh, wonder what R. Kelly's doing. Let me run his (laughs) discography one time. Like, nobody's doing that. So you people are just putting this up as like a straw man argument just for the sake of arguing. Like, oh, oh, no, I can't listen to I Believe I Can Fly. I think it's a lot of people thinking like, oh, they're trying to bring the black man down. That's always like, well, what about Harvey Weinstein? Yeah, Harvey mm-hmm. Weinstein's on trial right now. So he's about to go to jail as well. So I don't really get this like correlation between the two because I that's always been the argument is that they're just trying to bring this black man down. Uh, I'm like, you can listen to a whole bunch of other successful R&B artists that aren't, you know, dating 12 year old girls. Exactly. Like, let's be clear. You can throw them both in the fucking trash for all I care. So what now? <laughs> for real. It's not like I'm protecting Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, no. It's not like I'm like, oh, no, you're right. I, put them both in jail. Put them both under the jail. What do I give a shit for? Yeah, no, no way they can Yeah. I mean, abolish the police and the prisons or whatever, but also put them in jail. Period. Right. Agreed. So should we cancel Cardi B? Um, I don't think we should cancel Cardi B. And here's why. Okay. <laughs> um, I think, like we talked about, I think she, she has shown a lot of growth um, from her problematic past, problematic present, uh, probably her <laughs> problematic future. <laughs> like, there's always going to be a little 
you know, a little element of problematicness as a treat for Cardi B. Uh, but I also think that she, like we said, she shows a lot of growth from her mistakes. And I think that she shows a lot of promise in terms of like being so politically active and, um, you know, really caring about humanity as a whole and like the community and really trying to do good things. I think, um, I think that it's hard because we uh, problematic is like a label that we put on a person. Then it's like, you're problematic and you're done kind of thing. That's all that you are. Right. But I think it doesn't really leave room for like learning and growth. Yeah, exactly. And I don't, it's not to say that there aren't people who have been canceled, who have deserved to be canceled. Cause let's be clear. A lot of them deserve it. A lot of you people do not deserve careers. I'm saying that on the record. Uh, not saying names, but a lot of them really just don't because they they do stuff and they don't really accept accountability and they don't really show growth. So what do I need to give you money for? But I think with a person like Cardi, who does seem to genuinely like apologize for her mistakes and care about amending things. And, you know, she's like very politically active. She interviews political candidates. Um and really tries to use her platform for good things. I think that there's room to leave her uncanceled, you know, for now. Mm-hmm. I, Just to see what happens. I completely agree with you. I think you made a good point. I think she doesn't need to be canceled as of yet. And I hope <laughs> never in the future. But we have seen great progress with Cardi. And she's one of the few that sits and listens. So yeah, she has that going for her because there's so many other celebrities that when you hold them accountable of their actions, they're so dismissive and defensive that they don't take time to listen and and learn from it. So props to Cardi for understanding that it's okay to be in the wrong and and learning from it. What about Good you, for Pat? you, Cardi? <laughs> I'm not going to cancel Cardi. Um, I just hope I, my only wish for her is to get a little offline. Like she's successful now. I think all super successful people should be limited on their social media time on Twitter. Oh, for sure. um, So they can say less shit. Yeah. You do not have to comment to every troll that comments to you. It's so easy to just log out. (laughs) Like Or putting your phone down is so easy. Yeah. If I had five million dollars in the bank right now, you would never, you wouldn't see me on Twitter. Oh, I would delete everything. (laughs) If I had five million dollars in the bank right now, I probably wouldn't even have a phone. Wow, that extreme? Yeah, no, I'm dead ass serious. If I had five million dollars, she's going off like (laughs) without fail. You'd be like, "Where's Mimi?" And I'd be like, in my backyard, in my custom like Disney teacup ride. (laughs) (laughs) eating edibles and like jumping i don't know i just would be doing so much other shit at a safe social distance of course but like literally (laughs) anything else (laughs) than suffering on twitter all the time because that's all it is twitter is constant suffering i don't know why rich people do it i don't know either i definitely wouldn't be on twitter instagram any of them because it's like what are you really missing nothing there's nothing that you need from exactly there's nothing you need from twitter that you can't get by crying into your million millions of dollars basically right 
So um, we end our episode by canceling someone that's not related to this episode. Is there anyone that's been on your mind um, that you would like to cancel this week, Mimi? Well, God, I feel like I wasted it on JLo. <laughs> I mean, you can still use JLo. Well, wait a minute. Wait, no, because now I want two. Okay. I want to cancel somebody else. Let me um, let me think. Oh, you know who I want to cancel? Hmm. I want to cancel whoever the person is who replied to my Janet Jackson tweet last week. Wait, what? So I posted a tweet like a the Janet, the uh, Janet and Justin, right? Yeah, the uh, the media villain Janet Jackson versus the real villain Justin Timberlake, and I want to cancel whoever the person is who replied and was like, "You people are always tweeting about how Justin is the devil, but you don't listen to Janet's music, you don't stream her music or pay attention to her anytime unless it's in relationship to Justin Timberlake." That person is canceled for sure. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. How dare you say that? Do How dare you say that? What Janet went through after that whole incident? Exactly. How dare you say that? Like, I don't stream Unbreakable all the time because it was a great album. <laughs> okay. Like, I don't own her albums on CD because I inherited them from my mom because we don't do waste culture in this house. Okay. We upcycle. <laughs> Like, how dare, how dare you imply that I would not take a bullet for Janet Jackson? I don't appreciate that. Yo, what's their at? (laughs) (laughs) No, wait, no, let's not get too spicy. Because then if I drop the at, then I'm a bully and I'm a bad person. That's true. We don't. Exactly. We've been cyberbullying on on this podcast. See, I'm learning from Cardi B. (laughs) I'm learning from her mistakes. I'm not being defensive. I'm drawing a line, but they right. are canceled. See, I was being reactive, and you told me, no, let's not do that. So <laughs> look, look, at, look at us. We're all learning right now. We're applying life lessons, and that's why Cardi B's cancellation is pending, because we need her for moments like this. Jazz, who do you want to cancel this week? I'm just going to cancel a general group of people. Okay. So it's um, people who love to like announce projects projects and get like all the like all the you know validation and people yeah and attention and they never follow through and so like the most recent one I mean not that I am unhappy about this but uh, Kanye obviously dropping out of the presidential race already so that I mean where's Kim's Kardashian's lost law degree (laughs) (laughs) I'm wondering about that like has she taken the test Waiting like, for updates on Kim K's JD. Yeah. yeah, I'm still waiting. So they love to just like announce, like for example, the Kardashians just love to announce shit and then never follow through. And Kanye oh, is billionaires, like they're, they're billionaires, but then we find out like a few months later they're actually not billionaires. Ooh, shade. And it's pathetic in this time of in this economy to do press to do press about being a billionaire. It's disgusting. Yeah. It's it disgusting. Yeah, that's why I really respect celebrities who are just not posting. Like they're just not yeah, doing yeah. anything. You know what I mean? They're just like it's not eh, it's exactly like I. There's nothing that they can say right now other than we're giving you a billion dollars to end homelessness. Mm-hmm. So it's better to just say nothing. Yeah, yeah. So I agree. I agree too. Brittany, who do you want to cancel this week? Uh, I think I'm going to cancel publications that have discovered that people of color exist 
because uh, Vanity Fair just um, had their first cover shoot by a black photographer and it's been in publication for the last 107 years and that's just unacceptable that no one on the executive level has even thought of make like hiring an Asian photographer, a Latino or black, indigenous. Like seriously, it it shouldn't be this long that it's 2020 and now we're just getting our first black photographer. It just doesn't make any sense to me that these huge publications are now discovering that, you know, minorities also take photographs. Minorities also write is just blows my mind exactly and not only that but like you just figured it out because we're being murdered like you were like look at these black people going through all this turmoil and this trauma what if we hired one of them to take a picture for the cover like come on yeah that's definitely was the motive behind getting um this photo shoot for viola davis or maybe viola was the one that spoke out that she wanted a black photographer we don't know but it is a little bit suspicious, the timing. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they want good press. They want they want to deflect from anything that's bubbling under the surface. I mean, Condé Nast, or, isn't that part yeah. of the affair? Yep. They've got skeletons everywhere. Just <laughs> oh, for sure. They are, literally everybody at Condé Nast has to be like, sweating every morning in the office like oh my god is today the day that they're gonna come in and overthrow us i'm waiting for that day to happen i mean unless they want to hire me then i totally don't want (laughs) yeah if you have jobs for us we'll completely we'll uncancel that? um but it's been so great to have you on the show mimi i adore you on twitter i think you're really great and i love your writing so i'm super happy that you joined us on the show i'm super happy that you asked me thank you where can we find you on the interweb uh you can find me at very mimi on twitter because the person who has my full name is also canceled because they got the account suspended Uh, i know you gave me one cancellation i'm just canceling everybody that i can think of hey Uh, so you can find me at very mimi on twitter or at mimi stringfield on instagram great thank you thank you so much thank you for having me 